What is up? Week 14, we here, we back, we still grind away. There's stars falling down left and right. You know, MVP candidates falling to the ground, but we're still, we're still striving. You know, we're still, we're still here. Uh, and March Madness, a lot of shocks going on, um, going on right now. So make sure you guys tune into that. We are going to be covering two divisions, as we always do. And this, it's time for the Southwest. And when we're talking about bad teams, we're going to talk about a team that potentially could be challenging, trust the process for the worst record of all time. And that is H-Town, Houston Rockets. Salt break, 0-4 this week, 11-30 and overall. Ooh, oh boy. Talk to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Rockets. Um, I guess I'm kind of I'm known for being salty. I'm not actually that salty because this has been happening so long. We just accept it as a fact at this point. Um, their last win was on the second of February. We're coming up on two months without a win, um, which is heavy. Uh, obviously, lost twenty straight, um, and they are the only franchise to have a twenty-game win streak and a 20-game losing streak. So they are nice. unique right there. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's not been great. The main reason, obviously, that they're so bad is that John Wall, Victor Oladipo, and Christian Wood have only played five games. Um, this losing streak has basically spanned the entire time that Christian Wood's been out. Um, those things are obviously related. They were on, you know, a good little win streak. They were, they were 11 and 10 when Christian Wood went out. And uh, it's all it's all gone downhill since then. Yeah, sort of that that picture that Foley posted, uh, Christian Wood returning back to the locker room, thinking, "What has gone on here?" Like all you right. said, yeah, it's um, an end game. Walking around with no, hey kid, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all doom and gloom, but. I'm going to give you a different take. It's not doom and gloom because to, to, to reiterate the situation that the Rockets are in, in that Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade, they gave the Thunder the rights to swap picks in the upcoming draft. Yeah. So whoever's pick is better gets the swap unless it's in the top four, top four protected. So, the Thunder will uh, the Thunder will get the Rockets pick if it's number five, number six, number seven, number eight. So the Rockets need to be bad, otherwise they will get a basically middle of the first round pick, and any any tanking, any kind of you know being bad will just it will just be for nothing. It'll be for absolutely nothing. They need to be terrible, and a lot of these losses big losses against really bad teams. So they've lost to the Pistons, Thunder, the Kings, the Cavs. They have been taken out against all these teams who they need to sit above in the lottery. Now, granted, the odds are relatively flat. So if they have the worst, I think it's like three, um, they're a bottom three team, they have a 52.1% chance of keeping their pick. So even if they're one of the three worst teams in the league, um, they only have a 50-50 chance, basically. But obviously, your your odds are already bad. Don't make them worse. So make sure you're a bottom three team. They are one and a half games um, ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves 
expect them to fall behind, expect them to have the worst, worst uh, record in the league and hopefully to get that number one pick. Fading for Cade. Let's talk about that Thunder game that was last night where I was thinking, oh, they might be able to break it. But John Wall gets stopped by Lou Dort. Wally, ready for this nickname? Put him in the Dortcher oh. chamber. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Great block. Um, came from behind, swatted it against the backboard. Thunder missed. Uh, they only hit one or two free throws. So, see, Rockets come out of the timeout. You know, the, the game is they're only down two. There's about two or three seconds left. Christian Wood walks out. He's just shaking his head. You know why? Because they designed John Wall, who was one of six from three, to take a pull-up three. They are actively tanking. That is a bad decision. Bray, we're going to close it on this. Uh, as you know, Philly, uh, 28 games losing. I did witness that. That was awful. Uh, so they're eight games out. Do you think they're going to break the all-time record? Yeah, because let's let's bear it so that we've got the trade deadline coming up. Depot should be moved um, unless they can't find a deal for him um, or, they, or they are a bit stubborn. Um, I think they will move him, so their team is going to get worse. Obviously, Christian Wood is incredibly disenfranchised, so he's not going to be doing much. Um, I can't. I think he got he got a mid-sized contract, so he's not he's not a contract year for, for him. So he's not got no incentive to ball out. He's probably just going to chill for, for the rest of the season, I would imagine. Um, and just haven't got any talent, have they? I don't think the Rockets will break it. They've got two games against the Timberwolves coming up. I think they win one of those. Right, let's move to our second team in Mardi Gras. I watched the Simpsons early, a Simpsons episode earlier this week with Chief Wig and P.I. Uh, the spin-off series was taking place in New Orleans and I was like, why isn't this a full-time show? Uh, go check that out. But yeah, let's head down to New Orleans with uh, Mr. Blackout himself. Uh, you know, stay holding in there, uh, George. We can't see you right now, but we we with you in spirit, brother. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Stay strong. And I, I know you're missing my face, but I'll I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> um, yeah. So New Orleans. Um, it's been a mix this week, um, not going to lie. Uh, so they've gone two and two, uh, two wins, two losses. Um, so in that um, middle range and in the last 10, they've gone four and six. So they have dropped a couple of games. Here's where it gets a bit um, confusing or weird or unusual, shall we say, in those few words. Um, the thing is with... Uh, the Pelicans right now, they have been putting on shows and performances, which are quite surprising in the fact that they're beating teams, which you don't expect them to beat. And then when it comes to um, other teams where you think, oh, yeah, that, that's going to be great game, standard win, let's go. They seem to struggle a lot more and then drop the ball and make mistakes. Um these past uh, couple of losses um, did come twice to Portland uh, uh, this week. Um, in the first one, I think Dame heard what me and Bray were saying last time we were talking about who's right for MVP league. And then he just went off for 50 points. I mean, when I he saw that, 
I was I was so happy. And then I remembered that I've got the Pelicans. So I was I was kind of upset as well at the same time. But yeah, Lillard went off. And that that happened in like the last seven minutes of the game. They Lillard was just going off again and again. Uh, three pointers, and this continued on into the next game as well. Early on, just kept on pulling up from three, pulling up from logos, and yeah. And anyway, this shouldn't be talking about the Trailblazers. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm Jewel, Jewel, going off on tangent. <laughs> wrong week, wrong week. <laughs> 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 we'll get back to that, but yeah, I think at the moment it seems to be. Um, with both of my teams, which I'm discussing this week, um, that issues are coming from like turnovers and small mistakes in the late game. So, yeah, which I'll touch on more later on as well. Big win against the Nuggets. Uh, I think it was last night. Zion balling out 30 points, shot 9 to 13. I mean, if you're, if you're the Pelicans, give him the ball every possession down because the guy's shooting 60% from the field. You can't really go against that. That's And yeah. I spoke to Ultra. He's on pace to beat Shaq's record of 20 points per game mm-hmm. with shooting a certain percentage, which is nuts. Wow. We're not going to talk about Zion, though. No. We're going to talk about Lonzo Ball. So the trade talk's starting to heat up. Two days ago, apparently the Clippers were interested. You know, maybe Lavar's trying to bring him back to Los Angeles. Uh, and now Kevin O'Connor is reporting that the Bulls, Bray, remember that's your team, and the Hawks are interested. What? Uh, should the Pelicans get rid of Lonzo, George? Um, in my opinion, like in an ideal world, like I really want to keep him. So the main issue when it comes to making this decision right now is which plays a massive factor is definitely that um, Bledsoe contract. That is a massive contract, um, which no one seems to want to pick up. So it puts them in, in between a rock and a hard place where they need to make a decision to make a push. Like it's obviously there and there are big talks around it. Um, I think like with me and like, I'm hoping other Pelicans fans are with me on this. They ideally would want to keep them, but it's just, yeah, it's tough to see where it's going to go from there, seeing as they're kind of trapped in that situation. Um, Out of all the trade talks which are going down, I had loads. I've had, like you mentioned, Hawks, Bulls, Clippers, Hornets at one point. I, I can... Yeah, I was angry about that Hornets. I do not want to see that happening. I'm happy with the Bull Bull brothers remaining separate. I know I see Ed's hands out. But, um, I mean, I sort of want to see it. I was, I, it's too I, soon, I, I man. On, yeah. On my back. Like, like on Alex my said, backlog. I agree with that. I think it's too soon. Like, um, you kind of saw like it with Jello and um, Mello when they were playing on the same team for a while. Um, it wasn't quite there. I mean, I know that's a while back, but I would like to see them build themselves up first, then then bring it together. Let them see how they build their game on their own and then bring it back together personally. For me personally, I think they need to move Matt Brandon and Brandon Ingram. I think really? he needs to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon Ingram needs to go because I don't think he's a good fit with 
uh, Zion, and I think Lonzo and Zion fit really well together. That's, yeah. that's me personally. Like he mentioned with, uh, like he mentioned with Zion, he's going off with, um, with that thirty-point game. Ingram's having that as well, and I think they're proving to be a very dangerous duo in the NBA. Like going off, I think they're like top three. I saw in a start at one point. I need to double check those facts, but yeah. I mean, They're 18 and 24, George. Mm-hmm. My problem so how dangerous are they going, bro? Every time Brandon Ingram takes a shot, I go, oh, I kind of wish Zion took a shot on that possession. Every single one. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Kid's, kid's a monster. Let him loose, bro. Let Quick, him so loose. Is Ingram, he's an out-and-out small forward, right? He's not going to be a stretch power forward. He's just going to be an out-and-out small forward. I don't think he can bang with the, with the fours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but I think he's he's kind of four. Like Jimmy Butler's kind of four. Like, yeah, you're all right with that. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's, no, it's Jimmy Butler would muscle him, man. Yeah, but he's he's long enough that he's still going to contest all the shots, regardless of where. They, yeah, like Jimmy Butler's going to get a bet, get get a good position. I agree with that, but he's he's got the length. I think oh, well. KD is the only person that's been able to pull that off with that sort of girth and he's not he's just not I don't think he's long enough to be that impactful yeah but then, he, he, Jimmy Butler does also play the three as well so that's probably just a poor example on my part just taking it back we'll, we'll see what happens uh, we'll see because the deadline is on Thursday we'll be discussing a lot more trades later on in the show Lancashire Lambeer how are we doing my man Sitting back quietly, you know, accept, accepting the notes, waiting for your time. Your time is now. The time is Memphis. Two and two this week, 19 and 20 overall. How you doing, my man? Had a good week? Yeah, the um, the winds have finally come back in the Lancashire Lambier household. Um, Grizzlies, two and two. I think every time you've come to me this season, they've been two and two. I don't know how. <laughs> And that does play into the fact that they are 19 and 20 overall. They are always even. Um, so they're sitting in 10th, which, to be honest, I think is probably where they'll finish. They've been consistently playing like that like that throughout the whole year. But of late, um, they've been doing good. They've really improved. Their last four games, for example, the two defeats were against the Suns and the, uh, against the Suns and the Warriors. And their two victories were against the Heat and the Warriors. So... Um, the win against the Heat, actually a really good result, um, considering that the Heat had won five on the bounce before that. Um, the Heat decided to play in their Pacers uniforms, and they certainly played oh, like the Pacers. Disgusting. Um, so that, that did help with the victory there. Um, and that was a Sorry, Bray's got no argument for that, because he knows how ranked they are. Even <laughs> as much of a homer, he knows how bad those uniforms are. They're disgusting. Anyway, yeah, sorry they're honestly, about Yeah, they're honestly horrific, and they, they played like the Pacers. It was a very low-scoring game. The Grizzlies <laughs> ended up winning 89-85. to I think both teams shot about 23% from three-point and 35% from the field, like very poor. But um, in terms of what decided that game, Ja Morant, with about five seconds to go, um, ran the whole length of the court to lay it up with about one and a half seconds left on the clock, so... Nice little play there for the win from Jar. And then they had back-to-back games against the Warriors. 
first one, um, Andrew Wiggins scored 40 points. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Um, he really steps up without uh, Steph Curry. And then they beat the Warriors 111 to 103, in which was probably the more normal result, what you'd expect, considering they out-rebounded the Warriors 60 to 46, which is a given, considering there's no Wiseman or Pascal or Looney for the Warriors. So um, definitely an expected result there. Yeah, JV, Valentinus coming up huge in that. 19 points, 15 rebounds. He has been padding the stats on the boards. But in that game, uh, Morant nearly baptised Draymond Green. Okay. Mm. And I think it, it, it happened twice in both in back-to-back games, similar to the attempt he had on Kevin Love, where he nearly ended his whole career. So the question I have for you, Lancashire Lambert, is... If there was a player you would most likely to dunk on, who would it be? Give me the scenario. You know, what's the what's the score? Is it a tie game? Is it, you know, give me give me a scenario. Give me the whole, whole scope. I think who 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 I'd personally most like to yes, dunk on yes. is it me. Who, yeah, you're okay. dunking. Likely, likely, or would you like to? Like to. Not oh, likely. Okay. Likely. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah. Like to dunk oh. on. They're right there. I'd love to dunk on Yanis. My God, that would be an achievement. Imagine having that on my CV. Dunked on Yanis. <laughs> he's he's huge. Yeah. He's about a foot taller than me, and I'm six foot four. What like, are you doing? Are you coming into the lane? Are you are you cradling it back? What are you doing? What's the play? Nah, it's it's obviously the very last seconds of game seven of the finals, isn't it? Like that, that's a given. <laughs> Um, and I'm coming in kind of like, do you know LeBron against Draymond Green in game seven where he very nearly did that? I'm yeah. absolutely oh. yamming it down. But unlike LeBron, I'm actually finishing it. And Yanis just falls to the floor. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I got done guy from like... Lancashire. Yeah, the Russian, the Russian Yanis is back. The Russian Yanis, yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how that's how brutal the dunk is. It knocks him out and it means he turns Russian. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, unlike LeBron, you heard it here first. Yeah. Lancashire Lambert, better dunker than LeBron. I like Lancashire like LeBron. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, that's a, that's a good one to end it on. Okay, let's move to the Dallas Mavericks with one bar Wildy. Uh, two and two this week again, 22 and 19 overall. The Mavs, considering the start that they have, they had uh, a playing really good basketball. Wildy, talk to me. Absolutely, man. Um, it's been awesome. Uh, very dire straits at the beginning. Um, uh, I predicted with their record last time that they'd reached out 500. They did it and they've continued to climb, as you say. Um, uh, four games this week. They had two mini series, once against the Clippers and the Blazers. Um, so, Clippers series, game one, uh, that Clippers had you know, everything to play for. Last time these guys faced off together early on in the season, um, Clippers handed them a loss that was the fourth worst loss on the road um, in NBA history. They were up by 50 at one point. Uh, so Clippers really had something to prove. Um, look, I mean, uh, Luca ends up getting a triple-double. Um, unfortunately, they end up losing it. Um, it was actually, it would have been a lot worse, uh, but Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. were just 
hitting crazy shots down the stretch to try and keep it close, but um, unfortunately couldn't couldn't bring it back. They just ran out of time on that one. Um, that they lost the rebounding battle um, in that game, and it's tough really because they don't really have any natural sort of you know, big rebound number guys. Um, and when you're losing the rebound in battle and they turn over the ball as much as they did, which was 14, by the way. Um, and they're one of the better teams looking after the ball, but turning it over 14 times against the Clippers just isn't going to get it done. Um, you know, they're, they're going to, you're going to lose, unfortunately. Um, so Trevor Double didn't get it quite done because I think um, if everyone else isn't pulling their weight, on the little things like taking care of the ball and getting the rebounds, then you're just not create. You're not going to have enough opportunities um, to score enough uh, effectively. It doesn't matter how spectacular uh, someone like Luca can be, um, or at least you might think that until the next game. <laughs> so game two against the Clippers, when you've got somebody like Luka Doncic, uh, if you beat him once and you play in the very next game, it's very unlikely you're going to beat him again because of his knowledge of the game and what he is able to do. So they win the rebounding battle in game two, um, 43 to 37 against Clips, which obviously is an age uh, difference. However, you know, as long as they keep it close, they're going to give themselves a good chance to win. Uh, Luca doesn't get a triple-double, but he gets 42 um, and scores any way he wants. Um, just to sum up the game, there's a particular play where Luca is being face guarded with the ball at the halfway line, beats his man and then gets three clippers to rotate over to him, leaving Maxi Cleaver of all people open for a lob. So just the, the havoc that this guy causes when he makes his first move is just incredible um, and allows his teammates to drive so much better um, when he's playing. So yeah, that, that's one for one. Um, very similar uh, story uh, in terms of the Blazers series. Had two games, lost the first one and won the second one. Now, in the League of Superstars, you live and die by your stars. Living by Luca is a very good way to live. Um, that first Blazers game was really close up until fourth. Mavs have a bit of check of history about giving up fourth quarter leads, which they had. Um, but fortunately, CJ McCollum, just coming back off injury, uh, decided to go crazy. Him and Dane had 30 points apiece, which is just going to be crazy to overcome basically so unfortunately it didn't quite work out there but once again a few days off next game Luca comes back and he goes he hits eight he goes eight for eight from three takes a ninth one and misses it because when you're that hot why aren't you going to shoot the ninth one you know shoot to you miss kind of mentality uh but unbelievable um performance by Luca there and um, yeah, uh, again, if they win the rebound in total, it's 55 to 33 in that second game against the Blazers. If they, if they, if they focus on the rebounding, then they're going to win. Because if you've got Luca and you have more opportunities and the other team to score, more, time, more times often than not, you're going to win the game. Yeah, Luca, yeah. final game against the Blazers was really clicking. He, the Mavs go on a 19 0 run and he hits about three step back threes in a row and I'm thinking wow this is unguardable uh, like you said yeah. Wally he went eight for nine from three um we spoke a lot about Luca, but there's a guy that potentially was on my team um and I've actually sort of trashed but he's he's come back into the fray a bit and he's he's playing really well Josh Richardson he's averaging 14.6 points per game on 49 percent from the field 37 percent from three and 93 percent from the line 
the Mavs mm. have won their the 13 of their last 18 games. What have you seen from uh, Josh Richardson? Yeah, I've just seen him become a lot more comfortable. Uh, look, it was a weird year last year for him. Um, I'm, you know, I have to call myself out a little bit on this. I, I agree. I wasn't totally happy with his output, um, especially since he took the Seth Curry spot when he was, you know, really important to them. Um, but you know, in this week alone, you look at when he scores efficiently uh, and scores high that, you know, they win. Um, in the in the Clippers win, uh, yeah, he got 14 points. Um, I think he went five for nine. Um, so that's nice and efficient. And then also in um, game against Blazers, he got 21 and went eight for 11. So that's the kind of performance that you want from a role player uh, around a superstar. Um, you know, if you're ever going to pick a time for a guy to start finding his way in his role within the team, it's now. Um, there's a lot to be said for not peaking too early. Um, as we're leading our way up towards the playoffs, uh, if he's finding his stride, been, been great. I even think he's changed his shot a little bit. If anything, it looks a little bit aw more awkward than it did before, but it's going in more now than ever. So, hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing and, uh, yeah, do your thing. Just with uh, Jalen Brunson, um, uh, I didn't bring him up last time we spoke with him because uh, I wanted to see if this was going to sustain. Um, but he's averaging 12 points um, for the Mavs, which is the same, same amount of points that Seth is averaging for clip uh, for Philadelphia excuse me um, and the reason I bring that up is is that he is 52.9 percent uh, on field goal which is leading the Mavs so that that efficiency that they lost with Seth is being being made up by uh, Jalen Brunson of all people so uh, you know it's just quite nice that they have that by Ben so I just wanted to give that shout out to him. Nice one word answer from you here are the Mavs a contender? Yes Right, let's talk about a team which is going to probably be very active. They have said there's been interest there. Uh, and a team that is continues to overperform. And they went 3-1 and one this week. They're 22-17 and 17 overall. And that is Go Spurs Go. House Lasku, how is it in Camp Spurs? And I had to correct you for a while, Alex, but I think let me just start here. So last week, when I was just listening over to the episode, you say you reward winning when the team in number one, you speak about fifth. Secondly, you said overperforming. How dare you overperforming? What are you on about? So there you're start, starting two corrections. Anything to say for yourself, Mr. Ward? No, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know nothing's going to change. Overperforming. No, I'll back out from that one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Haters, haters, just because you let the Spurs fall to me. And can I say something about this division? Coming into it, I felt it was going to be super, apart from the Rockets, because unlike, I think Bray was the only one who didn't know that James Harden was going to be traded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't foresee it ending as, quite as badly as it did. Praise at the dinner party, like, oh man, I'm so excited about this year. You and me both, Rockets are going to be really good. We're going to win some games. And James is like, am I going to be there? <laughs> I mean, oh, I thought yeah, like, my, out for half a yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, I like think like, like 10 games of eating. That's what he did off the court. Eat, just chill. And we digress. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because I do, I felt this division was going to be one of the most. I had no idea what to make of most of the teams. I liked all the teams going into it. No, I had no problem having the Pelicans. I had no problem having the Grizzlies. I just felt there were so many quality teams. And, oh, 
similar teams in this division. And the fact that Spurs fell to me, I felt was super undervalued. Now, the reason I say all this is looking at the Spurs' record recently. So last time we spoke, they were 17 and 12. They are now 22 and 15. So a 10 game stretch, they went five and five. Last week, they were three and one. Now, in that five and five stretch, their losses came against the Nets in overtime, the Sixers and the Bucks. You know, top of the East teams, fair. Their biggest win came against the Knicks. So one thing that the Spurs have been able to do is that they have been able to beat the teams they are supposed to beat. But when it comes to those bit more elite teams, they have struggled a bit more. That's why I say I don't think they're overperforming because they are they are doing their job. And considering that they don't have the most star power, DeMar DeRozan is obviously their star player and they've got a lot of young pieces we're going to talk about a little bit later. So that's why I thought that was a little bit harsh. But again, I can understand that. Um, they are, I think, 10 and 10 this year at home, which is a bit surprising for the Spurs. But hopefully that's another thing where you're like, they could be performing better at home. They could have a home record. Now, um, one of the reasons why I think they, they are potentially struggling against the better teams is they don't necessarily have explosive scoring. They are, I, think, I believe, fourth from bottom in three-point attempts. They attempt roughly 30 a game. When you compare that to Utah, who shoot 43 a game, that's an extra 13 threes a game. It's a massive gap. Um, and there's a bunch of points you miss out on just because of that. But again, they know that they don't have the best three-point shooters. Uh, Devin Vassell, their rookie this year, is shooting 41% at multiple threes a game, which is great. That's the sort of draft pick you want to hit on. And that's my next point. I was just wondering all of the Spurs' recent like lottery picks or picks that they had in the first round, and I was just super impressed by the way they were able to drop. So a couple names since actually 2010, or actually in the last 10 years, and this isn't including Kawhi Leonard, who they traded for in the George trade with Indiana. So some of their players... They drafted Corey Joseph in the first round. Everyone loved him. Got a ring with San Antonio. Went to Toronto. Nice for him. Solid player. Now stuck in San Antonio. He's on a nice contract. Uh, 2014, they drafted Slow-Mo. Who doesn't love Kyle Anderson? Um, and then 2015, some geezer called Nikola Miller. Yeah, some guy called Nikola. He's, he's still playing in Europe, so that's fine. That doesn't count. Uh, 2016, DeJounte Murray. 2017, Derek White. 2018, Lonnie Walker. 2019, Keldon Johnson. And Devin Fassell in 2020. That is super impressive. And this is coming from a guy who supports a, a team that drafted Mario Hazonia fifth and Mo sixth. So I know how hard it is to pick players. I, I've seen my franchise do a very bad job of it. Um, and again, the reason I brought it up is just how well the Spurs have been drafting these players. And with a deep draft this year, I'm really intrigued to see who they'll draft again. Yeah, massive credit to RC Buford and Greg Pop. They do yes. a great job with recruitment and really molding these players. Great transition for us because we are going to talk about two of their young players coming up, which brings me to my stat line of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Lord. Keldon Johnson. Against the Cavaliers, 23 points, 21 rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks in 39 minutes. This guy plays small forward, ladies and gentlemen. So 2020, first player to do it since Tim Duncan did it for the Spurs. Can't remember which year. Anyway, KJ gets a 2020 game. Lonnie Walker has a career high in the Bucks, uh, 31. Which player, Ed, would you like the Spurs to build around if you had to pick between those two is there somebody that I'm missing or are they just, they're good together? Are they just good together? Um, 
So just to rub a little bit uh, salt bray into the wounds for Alex, uh, me and Alex were, it was me versus Alex this week in fantasy and I have got uh, Kelvin Johnson. So Alex had to suffer that 2020 game. And this is the guy who's second from bottom or third from bottom in fantasy. And to, and for me to beat Alex this week was a, a big win for me. And thank you, KJ, for that. So anyway, as Alex said, KJ, um, he is a small forward, which is um, because he plays a lot bigger than what he is. He's 6'6". And he's just relentless at attacking the rim and getting these rebounds. Alex, 20 rebounds, 11 of those were offensive rebounds. And quite a few of them, there were two defenders on him and he still just managed to get it. And it's just, he's got this engine about him. It's so fun to watch and he's just so direct. And that's a skill he has got already that is so useful. And then with every other NBA player, it always becomes the question about three-point shooting is how good is his three-point shot, especially for playing small forward. And you need to have a respectable shot it's gone down his three-point shooting has gone down a little bit from last year um he was injured for a lot of last year this year he's getting a, an extended period of time being healthy um he's currently shooting just above 30 percent, which isn't ideally where you want to be but hopefully that's something that can develop and we all know that spurs have got a shot doctor there who helps with their three-point shooting uh, which is how Kawhi Leonard became so good with his shot uh Lonnie Walker he got a 30 point game it was his first ever 30 point game the reason if I had to pick between KJ and Lonnie I would say uh, KJ because in January was the last time Lonnie Walker had a 20 point game he isn't necessarily as polished as KJ is as of yet but I'm not going to choose between them because I do like the core that the Spurs do have with um Jante Murray at the point guard really good on the defensive end as well pair him up with um Dejante, with Lonnie Walker KJ at the three, Devin Vassell as the other wing player, and then you've got Jakob Pertl there. And they've also got some other nice pieces that they got there on the bench that's just hidden there nicely. They are missing a bit of star power. You're hoping one of these players can develop that star potential. And these guys, these guys are still on their rookie contracts. They're all still on their rookie contracts. So it's very exciting for the Spurs. AJ, 29th pick overall, Lonnie Walker, 18th. What are you doing, other franchises? What are you doing? So that wraps up this division. We're going to take a quick, quick break and then we're going to move on to Central. Central. Let's head to the Motor City. And what was I watching this week? I was watching or well, re-watching the Fab Five documentary because that is on Disney Plus now. Check that stuff out. Michigan Wolverines. Are they a team that are going to potentially win the national championship? Who knows? But wow. Detroit basketball is... I mean, this is the first time we've had this two and two this week. I was looking at this like, <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Um, this is a good week. So I just put you back at the top. I was like, sorry, Matt. Uh, Pistons, I don't think they're going to hit two and two again. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so Wildy. Wildy, go for it. Let's celebrate while it's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, win against uh, Raptors. Uh, really, really nice game. Uh, unbelievable performance um, uh, by Powell uh, on the Raptors. It wasn't like uh, Raptors laid over and let them, uh, yeah, let them get the win. Uh, came down to the final shot, and um, for the second time in this podcast, I kind of got to call myself out a little bit because um, been talk- talking a lot of uh, a lot of trash on Jeremy Grant and how he doesn't necessarily want to be the player at the end of the game with the ball in his hands. Yet he has played amazingly in the clutch this week um, and and weeks prior, but, you know, we just haven't been covering it at those points. Um, but here's the game winner. Um, step back mid-range on that sort of extended free-throw line area that he loves to hit shot from. 
Um, so it's great to see that him develop more into his role um, as a leading man on that team now that they uh, have lost Blake. And uh, just on a side note there, now that Blake has left, he's finally managed to dunk in a game. Um, but uh, oh, <laughs> this has uh, been hoodwinked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've been hurt. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, just one of those things. But at least they've got that that whole situation out of the way now so that they can move forward with whatever plans they, uh, they have into the future. Um, but uh, really big game from Sadiq Bay um, in, that, uh, in that Raptors game. Um, this is really the highlight. Um, the, that Raptors game is really the highlight uh, of these four games for me from talking on it. Um, 28 points. And a really, really key point is 12 rebounds for this guy, Okay. When you were young, you're new in the league, you're hitting shots the way you're hitting them, and they weren't all just wide open. Yeah, he had fakes, dribbled to the side, hitting them. These are versatile shots he's hitting throughout his game. It would be so easy for him to get in his own head overexcited and, you know, going nuts. But he remained poised throughout the whole game to maintain focus and help your team out in other ways other than your immense scoring output, which is way higher than your average. I just think shows great character on the young player's part, which is just awesome. So I love that part of the stat line. Um, but obviously, 610 from three uh, is is awesome. I mean, you love to see that from a guy, um, yeah, one of you guys that you drafted this year to have that kind of production so early. Um, but the main theme for these guys, now that Jeremy Grant um, and Plumley, you know, they're holding it down, um, you know, Plumley being vet of all vets on this team. Um, you know, he's a bit of a bit of a rock for them on the re on rebounding side of things. Um, and you know, into my cube. But every game is really like Jeremy Grant is gonna get his numbers. Um, it's gonna help the team towards a more positive outcome. And then it's anybody else's, you know, ball game to become a, a second banana to him. Frank Jackson, you know, he had a nice game at 23 points uh, another one in, in the other win in, in this week. So um, yeah, really, really nice stuff. Uh, yeah, great. Sadiq Bey caught your attention. He caught my attention because he's another player on Ed's, what is it, bottom two seeded team blowing up, you know, of course, <laughs> another player going off. Um, and he's also caught the attention of another team, the Sacramento Kings. And we head to our correspondent, Bray, for news on this trade. What have you heard, Bray? Uh, so, um, it's been reported, I've heard, that the Kings wanted to try and trade Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay. Marvin Bagley, the number two pick in the 2018 draft, drafted ahead of Luka Doncic, and they wanted to trade him for, for Sadiq Bay. And the, uh, the Pistons, very rightly so, might I add, turned around and told them where to shove it. They said no, and honestly... I was like, yes, the Rockets need to, you know, get a really high draft pick. Doesn't matter for the Kings because they're picking Marvin Bagley, who, if I'm honest, probably won't be in the league five years from now, whereas Sadiq Bay might be someone. Sadiq Bay uh, will be someone, I guarantee it. You heard it here, folks. The quotable image, Sadiq Bay will be someone. <laughs> Sadiq Bay, <laughs> Sadiq Bay, 14.5 points per game and six rebounds on 37% from three. Isaiah Stewart, their backup big, is averaging 11 points per game and six rebounds off the bench. What have you seen out of these two guys? Obviously, he's talked about Sadiq Bay and his, uh, and his composure. Mm. What have you seen from Stewart? Stewart's great, man. Another, you know, they 
to another guy that they brought in this season uh, from the draft. So they have drafted uh, really well, uh, Detroit Hard, which is great given the current situation that they're in. Um, look, he's a big mobile guy. He can he has a three point shot as well, which is great. Um, I was reading up on him, and some some people, are, you know, it's very early on, so all this stuff is just a little bit of fun. But he's looking to potentially be like a Bam Adebayo type. Personally, I think. I don't quite like that comparison just yet, purely because I don't think he's as fluid with the dribble as much as Bam is, but he has better range than Bam had at that time. Um, but look, he's a high-energy guy, helped me on the boards, very versatile. Um, I, yeah, I like him a lot, and he's yeah, playing very well. It was a great tweet. Um, that was by uh, on Pistons, Fred on Twitter, and it showed uh, the Obama gif of him typing out and then Michelle coming in and taking the phone off them. And it said, Isaiah Stewart is the best Detroit big since Andre Drummond. And then it obviously cuts off. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, another team that went two and two this week, uh, that they had a really positive week, actually, because they've beaten some big teams. And we will hear about this from Langshir Lambert, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Langshir Lambert, talk to me. Yeah, the Cavs, 2-2 two and two in the last week. They're actually 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Uh, still 12th in the East. However, the surprise is that they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. This is versus my other two teams in the East. The Raptors, who are 1-9 and nine in their last 10, and the Wizards, who are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. So who'd have thought that the Cavs would be the strongest out of my teams in the East uh, of late? And yeah, um, the four games have been pretty tough games on paper, but they've come out from them pretty well. Uh, they lost 113-98 to the Heat, in which the main real highlight for the Cavs was like this brutal block by Jarrett Allen on a, a Bam Adebayo dunk. Um, yeah, two blocks from Jarrett Allen in that game, and he's currently sixth for most blocks in the NBA. He's got around, I think he's got about 69. And then they rebounded with a great win against the Celtics, 117 to 110. Uh, Darius Garland got 18 points in the first half. Uh, he finished with about 25.6 assists. And Colin Sexton, 29 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Great performance from those two. And they kept the Celtics to 26% from behind the three-point arc. And then a loss against the Spurs, 116 to 110, which is, is fairly respectable. I think it was DeMar DeRozan's first game back. And then a great win against the Raptors, 116 to 105. A uh, few stat lines to shout out from that. Uh, Colin Sexton, 36 points, uh, six for nine from three point. Uh, Jarrett Allen, 17 points, 15 rebounds. And then there was a certain D Wade who got 16 points in 18 minutes and was four for seven from three point range. Uh, but he's not a six foot four shooting guard, he's actually a six foot nine point power forward and his name isn't Dwayne he's called Dean, Dean. so Dean Wade Dean O Wade thank, so, yeah. thank you thank you for bringing that up because on on 2k you can get like um normally my players team. was yeah my teammate players send in like to get locker codes and you can get like you know higher rated of these players and we were just sitting with Jones, our friend, who's a Cavs fan. And we're like, who are these people? Dean Wade. But his name was D Wade. And we're like, D Wade's back with the Cavs? Yeah. 
That's it was great. the biggest troll because I got the card and I was like, who is this guy? He was rated 92 cards, so he was sick, but he'd never played an NBA game in his life. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's talk about, um, I don't know if we like this nickname, but maybe I'm super out, Sexland. The, the backcourt of Sexton and Garland. So Sexton is averaging, well, in his last week, he's averaging 28.8 points per game. 46% from three. And you've got Darius Garland. He's averaging 20 points per game, uh, six assists a game, and also shooting 50% from three. So I was just going to ask you a question. Where do you think they rank in terms of back backcourts in the NBA? Uh, you've obviously got Kyrie and Harden. You've got Damon CJ, CP3 Booker, Lowry and Van Fleet. Where, where, would, you, where would you rank them? No. Um, yeah, I think you've reeled off a few of them. The, the only ones I was having a look earlier and the only ones who you can probably say are definitely better than them right now are Kyrie and Harden, mm -hmm. um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, mm -hmm. um, CJ and Lillard, which you mentioned, uh, Conley and Mitchell. And then, to be honest, you can make a case that they're better than the Wizards with Russ and Beal. You can make a case the two of them, like I know obviously Bradley Beal is going off, but you can just, if you just look at the um, the standings in general, the, the Cavs are better than the Wizards at the moment. So you can make a case for that. Um, same goes for the Raptors with Van Vliet and Lowry. You can make that exact same argument. And then also the Heat with Hero and Robinson. You can make a case that they're actually performing better than those. So I, you could have them as high as the fifth best backcourt in the NBA. One thing I will say about Lowry and Van Vliet, just to put some respect on their name, you know, like Birdman says, They've got a ring, you know, and Van Fleet oh, was huge. Was huge in that deciding game. Mm. Oh yeah, but in, <laughs> but in terms of, in terms of form, like you can't you can't mm. really argue against um, the form that these two are in right now. They're they're playing exceptionally well, and Colin Sexton's been um, getting some ridiculous. I think he had like two thirty five point games um, recently. Uh, one of those against the the Bucks as well, and he's he's in great form. And Darius Garland's really. Um, improved of late too so it's they're, they're definitely a really strong duo they're a long way from a couple of uh, podcasts back when you had that rant about the Cavs and you were like what are they boring dull two and two ain't dull so that's that's good I'm happy for you in, in that sense hey if they can prove me wrong I'm happy with that mm. yeah preach we reward winning on this podcast Ed and you are right so what do I do I slapped you bang in the middle of the podcast to shut you up. Yeah. So, the Milwaukee Bucks. And maybe I am salty because they did beat Philly this week. So, yeah. The Milwaukee Bucks, 3-0 this week. 27-14 and 14 overall. They're currently in the third seed. But they are... They're moving and grooving. Ed, talk to me. So, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'll take you over there. Uh... 21 and 13 last time we spoke and seven games since then as you just mentioned Alex 27 and 14 which is a six and one record very very lovely uh three no uh this week and last 12 games they've won 11 so they've been on quite a run I'm not sure if you remember last time we spoke it was that they've won like a they went they won five lost five then won another five and they've been on like another massive winning streak since they are getting into their groove. So in the in those last seven games, since we last spoke about the Bucks, their loss was against the Nuggets, and it was a 
a trouncy. They got beaten by 30 points. Um, Jokic had its 50th triple-double of his career and puts him only behind Wilt for the most triple-doubles by a centre during, during a specific time period. He went crazy that game. Um, but their wins came back-to-back against the Wizards, Knicks, Spurs, and you just mentioned an overtime game against the Sixers where Giannis sat in the middle of the court, almost Juju-esque, I guess. Instead of dancing, he just sat in the middle of the court. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you like that, didn't you? Uh, so one thing to mention about Giannis, during that time period with, where Bucks have won 11 of 12, he has shot 35% from three and 78% from the free throw line. We've mentioned earlier on previous pods, Giannis's sharp decline in free throw percentage and how I was worried about that. He seemed to tick up a bit more. And 35% from free throw is ideal. That's that's the that's a nice place we wanted to, to get at. One thing I wanted to speak about, so I'm going to speak about general stuff. One thing I want to speak about last time, which didn't get a chance to, I'm just going to quickly touch up on now, is Chris Middleton. And... I like the idea of the offense running through Chris Middleton a bit more than it already is. I know Bucks have tried it previously before a couple of years ago when it hasn't worked as well, but I think he's now sort of, he's matured since then. And I was looking at some stats to read back up when we do watch Middleton. His post game is just so good. His mid-range jumper and his shooting ability is so nice. You don't really appreciate how good it is until you really watch him. And I do something again annoyed when um, Anna sort of brush off his impact and don't really appreciate what he does bring to this Milwaukee team and how he's an out and out all-star in general but because he's played alongside Giannis it doesn't get he doesn't get the same respect he deserves I was looking at post-up stats and so Chris Moulton is second in points per post-up possession amongst guards with at least one attempt there's only one guard who's better than him that, uh, at post-ups can anyone guess who that is actually I'm really intrigued to see if you guys can guess who could that could potentially be it's got to be the CP3 of books. Yeah, it's Devin Booker. Booker. Yeah. Devin Booker. So, do you know, Devin was, is the only... Ed, do you know what's really funny about that? You remember where he had that video uh, when they were, like, training and he was in the post double and they were doubling and he was like, no, 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 you can't double. That's really interesting. <laughs> um, so that's just something uh, when I was looking at Middleton to really explain how good I think he is and how he should potentially be more involved during the longer periods of the game. That is something I picked. I was like, here's proof that maybe if you give uh, something else underutilized, maybe if you get Chris Middleton a couple more possessions there, he could elevate his game to another level. Now, linking on to specifically the Philly game, Giannis took over in the late game, and maybe that's something for the Bucks moving forward where they can rely on other players during the second, third quarter to, to get those points. But then when you really need Giannis to step up and get those buckets as it usually does, maybe that's the approach to take, and that could be the most efficient way for Bucks to play offense. That's an idea. We'll see how it goes if that if that is something they choose to do during the playoffs. Yeah, so last week, the Bucks actually acquired PJ Tucker. Yeah. Uh, and they sent away one of your boys, DJ Augustine. Well, they sent away two DJs, uh, Augustine and Wilson. Yep. He played his first game against the Spurs last night. He had 13 minutes, zero points, three rebounds and zero assists. Rate this acquisition, Ed. Give me a grade rating. When you set it up like that, you make it sound like he had zero impact. Um, oh, I, I, I don't think it's a good move at all. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah. No, I think it's dead. Okay. So but Yeah, it's not about me. The overall narrative. So my assumption of it was, okay, that seems good, but they did give up quite a bit because I think they gave up some draft assets as well. So my initial assumption was, oh, it's very win now, but I guess that's definitely what the Bucks are. 
PJ Tucker is prim- primarily there for a defensive perspective. He was playing center minutes when the Rockets were doing ultra small ball lineup. He knows how to guard big men. He knows how to switch, which, which fits with the new Bucks defensive scheme of playing switching defenses which is also why they got rid of DJ Augustine because he doesn't necessarily match that defensive scheme and he hasn't been performing on offense like the Bucks wanted him to. Um, now, the big drawback becomes they have got no backup point guard. If Drew Holiday goes down, they don't have any other point guards. Dante DiVincenzo is now the backup point guard. Um, that is something that is worrying for the Bucks and they do need to get another point guard because I checked this one, like, wait, they got rid of DJ, who's the backup guards? And there's literally no one else. Um, so that is something to look out for. The the buck should be should be in the market for another point guard. Um, BJ Tucker, he doesn't uh, corner, th- he's the most specialist corner three shooter you're going to find in the league. He'll just plant there and wait for a corner three and you can't leave him open. And he does occupy one defender because I think he's got one of the best three point corner three point percentages in the whole league over a certain time period. Um, so that's what he provides on the offense, but it's primarily for the defense and the versatility allows the Bucks to do a defense and how they can switch on everything from Drew Holiday at the point guard to Giannis or PJ, whoever they play at the center, they can switch on every single player on the field. And that can make the Bucks really hard to be on defense. That's a really interesting point about the backup point guard because they do have Forbes, but he's a traditionally a shooter. Like you said, yeah. he's not um, going to be a ball handler. They're, they're great on defense as it is. Like we really struggled in the first half against them. So I'm, I'm not worried about their defense. I think it's very much about carrying the load offensively. Hence why I don't like the PJ Tucker acquisition. Right. Let's move on to Indiana who have got a scorer back, Bray, which you must be so happy about because I think you've got him on your fantasy team as well. He loves it. Uh, Karis is back. Um, Two and two this week, 19 and 22. We love the enthusiasm. It's good because Bray is, you know, he's, he's traditionally seen as negative, but it's, it's good to see him positive on the, on the other side. Bray, let's, uh, let's discuss Indiana. Indiana Pacers um, high, had high hopes. Uh, they've been treading water so far, but as you mentioned, they've got Karras back. He's 14, four and four with a steal shooting at the moment 37% from the field. He hasn't played in a while. He's still coming back, which means he's going to get better. It's amazing to get back to that kind of 18 points a game where he was at before. Really excited about that. They're 19 and 22, the Pacers, as you mentioned, four and six in their last 10. Um, and massive, massive pair of wins against the Heat this week. Two wins. They take the series as we've talked about on numerous occasions, that doesn't often happen. Normally it's split, unless obviously it's like the, the Pistons versus the Heat. Uh, not the Heat, the Lakers. Oh, um, you got enough the Pistons beat the Lakers on your own squad. Did did they? Oh, I was thinking of a team with a bomb. The Timberwolves versus the Lakers. <laughs> Apologies. Apologies. You're right. You're right. And that's another one of your teams. But normally, as we say, uh, those games get split um, either because they're on back-to-backs, people get arrested, stuff like that, but they manage to take both of them against someone who they are very much in a race with. Um, now, obviously, um, they are now sat at ninth in the East uh, because they're below 500, but they're two and a half games out of a four seed. So have a good week and everything goes your way. Um, so really not worried. Obviously, Karras is coming back as well. Um, and they've had one of the kind of 10 hardest schedules um, in the league as well, which means luckily things will start to look up a little bit. 
I would really hope they get um, get over 500. If I think about where I'd like to see them, um, they're currently sat behind the Hornets, Knicks, Celtics, Heat and Hawks. Um, you know, I think with the Hornets, they could probably jump them. Now, uh, unfortunately, um, mm. uh, Lamelo is is out for the rest of the season. Um, the Knicks have got a really hard schedule coming up, so you think maybe they could get over them if they play well, but only if they play well. Um, and then, you know, against the, the Celtics and the Heat, um, it's anyone's game. And then, obviously, the Hawks are streaking. If they keep that up, they probably won't catch them. But uh, you never know. They might come back down to work. So it's still all to play for. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the paces. It's just Karras being back. It's amazing. They needed it so much. Yeah. He also opens stuff up for people so much. Like, you look at the week that Brogdon's had. Brogdon was really struggling. Against the Nuggets, 24-6-4. and four. Uh, Against the Nets, he was 24-4-3. and three. Against the Heat, he was 27-3-4. and four. Having that other scorer really takes the attention off of you and he's able to op- operate. And we know how efficient Brogdon is a, as of a scorer and also as a playmaker. And you've got the same for Sabonis. But the thing that I, I think impresses me the most um, about Karras was what he did last night. Um he had the final shot in regulation, he, which he actually missed. And he also hit a big shot in overtime, which I think was over Tyler Hero. I think it was, to put them up three. But despite winning in Miami, actually, Pacers ranked last in clutch offense. They only score 96 points per 100 possessions. Do you think this will improve under Karras? Are you giving him the ball when the game's on the line? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, they've, they've got fourth quarter struggles. Um they are 15, uh, 15 of their 22 losses they've led in the second half. Um, so they do blow leads. Um, they've had the most fourth quarter turnovers in the league. Um, on, you know, their troubles are not just on offense, but on defense as well. Like Turner helps them on defense, um, but shrinks the floor massively on offense. So you, you don't see him play so often in the fourth quarter. It's kind of a decision they're going to have to make coaching-wise, whether they start to play him down the stretch. Um, I think it's it's dependent on how the offense is flowing. Obviously, with Karras in there, helps stretch out the floor again, pick and roll threat too. So um, maybe you start to see Turner in there as well. But to be honest, I, I think it's right to have the ball in, in Karras' hands most of the time. Um, and especially, obviously, one-on-one, he's going to get a good shot. Um, always going to get a good shot. And if anyone tries to bring a second defender, Doug Dermot, open for a three. Brogdon, open for a three. Get, get it to Sabonis and, and let him make a play. Or, you know, I'd really like to see more Levert, Sabonis pick and roll because they can both facilitate uh, equally well. Um, I think that'd be really good. I think when they bring those three key guys together, so Levert and Sabonis and Brogdon, it means that now, all of a sudden, you've got a weaker defender than most likely on the other team. And one of those guys allows you to go to other people. Um, and, you know, if one of them manages to, to, to blow past their man um, or, you know, get in a good position, all of a sudden you've got double teams coming in, ball flying out to McDermott, to TJ Warren when he's back. Uh, that is a crunch time five that can definitely get a bucket when they need to. Yeah. And also another shout out to one of my favourite players in the league, TJ McConnell. Okay, in, in that heat win, 16 points, six rebounds, and 15 assists. Nuts. Oh, he was finding Doug McDermott on everything. Those Ridiculous. Those guys play so well together. They've got to have a nickname because it's like they're both Mac. 
you know, we've got to come up with a nickname, guys. Maybe I'm going to brain, 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 three weeks, you've got brainstorm away. You know, come back to me. I like that. Let's close out the central um, with with Mr. Blackout himself. George, are you still there? Um, is everything okay? In yes. House of Oak Three? I'm, I'm still here in the darkness, um, <laughs> trying to find a candle or a light, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Has, well, yeah, uh, sorry, down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Bulls two and two. Um, again, staying stagnant for House of O three. It seems this week, which isn't what I particularly want. Seeing as now I'm letting Ed get away from me when I was so close. But we move on anyway. Overall record uh, nineteen and twenty two. Uh, the last 10, 4 and 6. Um, so, yeah, um, the last games they had uh, were, they won against the Pistons, uh, 100 to 86. Um, a loss against Denver, a loss against the Spurs, and a win against Oklahoma. They also saw the return of Markman, finally. Which was which was good since we last spoke. So that's been nice having him back and seeing him the way he contributes and attributes the team has been great. Now, getting back to my previous point, which I made earlier about these two teams seem to be having major issues with the turnovers, and now this is especially with the Bulls, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, against the Spurs, they led by 13 points after the third quarter um, and eight points in the last seven minutes. Um, but then they committed four turnovers, um, which saw the Spurs then go on a 17-0 run. Now, that is not good news when, as we mentioned before, the team seemed to struggle with like defense and now you're playing for the other team as well. It's like, it's not going to work at all. Um, some slight good news on the other hand, if you can take it as that. Um, it's nice to see that the head coach is um, mixing up that starting lineup a bit. And I think that uh, definitely saw some improvement, especially in the first quarter, which helped them out a bit, especially defensively. Um, they took out the starters, Kobe White and Wendell Carter, so and swapped them in Thaddeus Young and Saturansky. So that that I think that was a nice change, but we'll see how Machi will carry on tweaking or not, or if he's happy with it. But yeah, um, turnovers in the fourth are, are are not a helpful run, and especially you saw that again in their um, Denver game as well which Murray sealed like a dagger three at the end of, yeah, out of that turnover as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that Nuggets game was tough because I know Murray uh, sent the game into OT and then you look at the Spurs collapse as well. But we're going to talk about their main man, Zach Levine, who in the Thunder win was had 40 points. He went 15 of 20 from field goal, um, from the field. And he shot 15 for 15 from the field, so he didn't miss, which is, is unreal. So I, I, you know, I spoke to Bray, and I was talking about Zach Levine and who he is, you know, earlier this week. And what does Bray say? Bray says that 
he thinks the Bulls need to trade Zach Levine at the deadline. Thinks that he's only a second, uh, well, not second string, uh, you know, a number two or a number three. So House of O3, George, do you agree with this point? I'm trying to start some beef. Let's make it happen. Alex, you already know the beef is already there. We already, I'm, I'm focused on this debate of the Bulls making the playoffs. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm checking up on Ed, you know, making sure I make that. But I'm also checking on this Bulls making the playoffs. That kind of beef. So of course, I'm, I'm disagreeing with Gray here. Uh, Levine is up there. The man's just come off the All Star, and he's. He's just putting points on the board constantly. I think he's like currently third in the league uh, behind Lillard and Beal for scoring over 30 points. So that's that's absolutely insane. Like what's it, like they say, like with um, Curry and Lillard, soon as they step over the halfway line, you've you, you got to be scared. You've got to be worried because he, he is coming in. With you, I'm with you. But Bray wants to interject. Anybody else can interject if they think that Zach Levine should be traded. You know, what, so, what uh, for? Let me ask. Let me ask you this: Like we, everyone here, think about your team. Think about: Do you want Zach Levine as your number one option? That's not Zach Levine's fault. That's the organization's fault. You need to get better players. <laughs> yeah. That's not Zach Levine's fault. Yeah. I'm not saying it's that Levine's fault. So then we can do make your team worse. You already have a second option. So like, okay, instead of getting a first option, let's just get rid of our second option. You can't get a first option. Like you can't like what free eight what first option free agent are you getting in Chicago? Because they ain't getting a lottery pick, that's for sure. So what, what I was going to say is that what, that doesn't make sense then. Let's say you draft a player and becomes a second-tier player. It's like, oh, he's not good enough. We need to move on to get another first-tier player. It doesn't make sense. Just because he isn't a first-tier player doesn't mean you need to get rid of him. You need to get just better pieces around him. He may be overqualified for his role, but that's not nothing to get rid of him. Yeah, like I agree with you. There are, there are definitely situations where having a bunch of great second-tier players is going to be super, super useful. Um, you know, for example, like the Clippers before they got Kawhi um, were like, oh, this is like an actual team. Like, hello, we are, we're, we're a Kawhi away. Um, but the Bulls aren't that because look down the rest of the roster. They're not a bunch of second tier players. They are a bunch of players who are underperforming. And I don't think they have the ability to get a star as constructed. The peak of this team is the 10th seed, the 10th. It's, look, so, you go. Go on, go on, go on, go on. I'm I should sure. say, you guys have sucked for a long time, okay? And you finally have Zach Levine who's coming along and playing well. There's an exciting element to the team that hasn't been there for a long time. So, first of all, it's a very weird year. So, right now, we are talking about the potential of where they are this season. In my opinion, is irrelevant to what might be next season. I don't think you need to be trading away somebody like Zach Levine, who is somebody to build around. Um, you know, you're at the moment you're just trying to build that base to then to add more. At the moment, as you say, you can't. You can, if you trade Zach, you're not getting back the same value that you're giving away. Yeah. Fact. So trading him isn't going to be any. It isn't going to put you in a in a better place. You might as well sit where you are at the moment and build from there. And I follow up with two quick things. Two quick things. Uh, fine. Um, how how did you feel when the initial trade was made? 
to get Zach Levine. To get Zach Levine, because they traded away Butler, didn't they? So that's an L. Would you have the same feelings of Zach Levine if he was a third tier player? Would you care to trade him? Or are you just trading him just to get value back? Because as Wadi was saying, you're not going to get anyone better than Zach Levine. You're yeah. going to be trading no, a second tier no, no, player no, no, no. for a you're third tier player. However, they have a different front office now who might actually be able to draft well. Like they might. So that's a massive gamble. Yeah, yeah, it is, but that's how that's how you that's how you get to be a top four seed. You don't get to be a top four seed with Zach Levine as your number one guy. But so I'm, what's what's, but, what's the trade? What are you getting in return for Zach Levine? I mean, I'd be I'd be looking at teams who are in serious win now mode and are looking for that third piece. So do think about those Bradley Beal suitors, and then you want to get those picks that are kind of like three years out because then they're kind of more, they're guaranteed to be kind of a little bit higher. But obviously, you know, everyone's ripped the Rockets making all those win now trades and now they're terrible. Those are the kind of situations you're looking to exploit. Um, and yes, I agree. Like, if, you're not going to get anyone better than Zach Levine. But if I'm the Bulls, I want to build through the draft because I'm not excited by their team. And I'm concerned at the lack of player development at the moment. And I don't know. Like Zach Levine's the only one who's 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 come on this season. The only one, and a lot you're of those players, I really do expect more. You're concerned about player development, but you want them to draft some guy three years into the future. Yeah, I need you, you like the, the the new GM has only just come in. They need they need a chance to reset, yeah. get rid of the get, put their own stamp on things, and get rid of the, the old stuff. Honestly, I don't like where the balls are at. I don't like the ceiling of this team because it's so low. We're still making the playoffs, Chicago. We got ended there. Oh, the interesting. Come the on, baby, in. Chicago. It's... Chicago, you got you got me and House of O3 as your fans. You don't no need to worry about it. Chicago to make the playoffs as well. Come on, Just Chicago. Zach Levine, Man, you, it's you it's are an all-star. You shouldn't be trading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a sad party. They won't. They won't. They won't win a play-in game to get into the playoffs. They won't do it. Chicago, we believe in you. Right. Can let's someone go to the time stamp. Can someone timestamp for us? It's just so we have. I mean, look. We can, I'll, I'll, he's going to say I'll, every week. He's going to say every week. I'm more. Than, I will admit that I'm wrong, but I just don't see it for this team. Like, honestly, like Larry right. Markham, regression. Wendell Wendell Carter, regression. Kobe White, regression. They're all terrible defenders. They've got. Yeah. They've got. Pieces they can trade. Honestly, I think you give it a year, Zach Levine will be asking for a trade to, to a contender. Like, he, he's not going to want to stick around on a subpar team. He's a good player, but... But then why I don't trade Zach? Team. You want to trade other pieces for other roles? Because I feel like if you trade Zach, you'll be going... You're, you're more likely to make the step backwards instead of forwards, and then you have to tank, and then... Mm -hmm. Build from there. Which... That's what Bray wants. That's... Take yeah. a step backwards. Get someone really good. <laughs> you know, look at the Mavs. The Mavs have. Uh, oh, I think the, Ma the Mavs were lucky that the Kings were picking ahead of them, and the uh, the Atlanta were picking ahead of them. But we spent way too long on this. Sorry, sorry, Alex. That was good. sorry. Well, talking about interesting takes let's head to the lead board and where do we start at the man who is at the head of controversy and at the bottom of the leaderboard he's yeah. been taking a lot of L's 
you know, he's also been dis- distributing them out. That was a very good uh, segment. I like that. Anyway, Salbury, you are still in fifth. You've got um, your record is 100 to 151. You are just below 40%. Your best team is the Boston, no, the Miami Heat, 20, 21 and 22. Uh, your worst team are the Minnesota Timberwolves, which let's put this in perspective. The Rockets have lost 20 games in a row. And yet the Timberwolves <laughs> still haven't won as many games as the Houston Rockets, which is madness. I can see why you're they look at so that, down. They are looking right. better recently. I'll give them that. Right. Anyway, Lancashire Lambeer. You know the. I'd say that you know the the silent assassin just plodding along. I think fourth is is a good position. You can do a lot. There might be you know some mistakes uh, still to go. Five, yeah. You're big saying four out of six. Four out of six. Four out of six. I mean, do you want me to just put you on blocks? I'm trying to help you. Anyway, 114 to 135. You are 46%. Your best team is Mr. Sortco, Denver Nuggets. And your worst team is the Washington Wizards. It's very close between the Cavs and the Raps. Uh, Wildy, continuing climbing. The Pero Antich Express, all aboard. Uh, 132 to 119. You are at 52%. Your best team is Belay. And your worst team is the Motor City. And then it's very close. It's still very close at the top. House of O3, 139 to 113 at 55%. Your best team is Brooklyn, and it seems like it's going to stay that way because of what happened with Bron Bron and AD being out. And your worst team is the Pels, so pretty similar. And then just ahead of you, House Lasku, he's still on top, but he's, he's hanging by a thread. 141 to 108 at 56%. Your best team, still the Jazz. Your worst team, the Orlando Magic. And we have played 58% of the games. Any small thoughts on the leaderboard from anyone? Anybody want to trash talk each other just quick? I think credit to Wildy. He's at 52% now. That he's only 3% behind Jord. Like that is an improvement. Because we were we were like tied at around 46, 47 for a while, and he's just left me for dead. So fair play. Those Mavs and Hawks resurgence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh Schlink has uh, bought himself another year, I reckon. As a uh, GM with that with that head coach firing, because uh, you know he can just point to that now, um, get himself another year to work with. Eight and O. Yeah. It's very like very that. exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Okay, that will wrap it up for division discussions. Um, we are going to take a short break, and then we're going to hit with our extra stuff for this week. What is up, people? Sick man, extra. Week 14, we come back with your favourite segment, our favourite segment. It is Shoot Your Shot. First matchup, we have got One Bar Wildy versus Salt Bray. I am going to be hosting this. Uh, I've gone for a slightly topical angle. So, as you all know, because I've been talking about it a lot, March Madness started this weekend. Uh, it's been popping off. Hopefully, people have been uh, catching the games. My question to both of you is if you had to play for any college basketball program to help compete for a title, what which one would it be? Sort of like a, I guess, what you can do in 2K now. You know, you can choose a college and, 
and do all of that stuff. Um, are you guys both ready? Okay, Absolutely. I am going to go with Wally first. Um, your time starts now. So the college programme that I want to play for is Duke. Um, I have been established for a very, yeah, I see you, mate. I've been established for a very long time. Um, they've had the same head coach, Coach K, of course, since 1980. That is very, uh, very well established coach, obviously, very popular. One thing I like about him is that he's very good at adjusting his system to the players that he has within the team. So if I was on there, he would know how to use me um, towards uh, the development of the team, which I like. You know, he's not set in his own ways, so he's an innovator. Um, obviously, uh, fantastic history. Uh, they've got um, 16 uh, Final Four appearances and five championships in the NCAA tournament um they've also been um they are they've also had the uh regular season uh championship 22 times as well um and had a lot of players um, going to the nba is that 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 Three, two, one, go. So if you look down the, like the top 10 colleges for like NCAA basketball, it's all these programs that like they've been around for like 60 years. And it's like, oh yeah, we won like 10 in the 50s. It's like, no, I want to go up and coming. Get me down to Ann Arbor. Get me to Michigan. They've been really good recently. Yeah. And I I I love what Jawan Howard's doing. Obviously, home of the uh, home of the Fab Five, um, swaggy as fuck. You know, if you make it to the tournament, they're all gonna come out. Everyone's gonna be lit. And yeah, they they've been good recently, um, which is which is uh, what I like. And you know, all those all those dynasties from the olden days get out. It's a new school in town. He basically, he just wants to meet the Fab Five. <laughs> you set it up. Not, right. You set it up. <laughs> Give me out to Ann Arbor. All right. That was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. That was, it. That was the Honestly, end of your argument. That's not the way I wanted to go with this one. The way you worded the, the, the question really hamstrung me. That's not the angle I wanted. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So we've got Duke and Michigan. I mean, you're choosing Duke. I mean, well, I actually I wouldn't want to go to Duke if I was I was picking. But Wildy had the better argument because he came with facts, and I guess it wasn't like Dennis Rodman. You know, we're not going there to to turn up. But I would prefer to play for Michigan because Duke seems like a bit of like a school for the snobs. Um, me personally. Good lads. I mean, that's just because you watched the Fab Five Dog recently, so it's fresh in your mind. But uh, they have a lot of players. They they get players NBA ready, and I I don't think they could ever do anything to me to make me NBA ready. But hey, a man can dream. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, like, I, that's for the record. That's not the way I wanted to go with that. The way I wanted to go was to be like. Fuck the NCAA, get me to somewhere sunny for a year and then I'm going to the league because I don't like that one. Bald man gets paid. Brave. Yeah. Brave bald man. <laughs> yeah.
All right. Thank you both. Um, Deacon Michigan, both really good schools. So the second matchup is between Lancashire Lambert and House Lasku. This will be hosted by our very own House of 03. George, will you please take it away? Awesome. So my question for this week, funny enough, funnily enough, it was inspired by Nate Robertson because, you know, Nate Rob, the old dunk champion of the day. <laughs> but oh, anyway. did, did he get knocked out again? What happened? My question is, which former NBA player retired or playing in another league should do you think should still be in the NBA or could still be playing in the NBA? So I'm going to start off with Matt on this one. It doesn't look happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just focused. I'm just getting in the zone. Like, I'm more than happy. I like oh, it. Mom spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long-awaited matchup. These guys have been circling all season. They hate each other. They can't stand each other. No, here it is. I, I just want my revenge for the Kobe one. That's all. <laughs> well, he's coming. He's coming. He loves it. All right. Ooh, gloves are off. Okay, your time starts in three, two, one, go. So who I would like to come back into the NBA after being retired is Evan Turner. He's only 32 years of age. He was drafted second overall in 2010 for the 76ers, and he's had spells at the Pacers, two years at the Celtics, three years in Portland, and then a final year at Atlanta. And this season, he's just joined the Celtics on their coaching staff. He's averaged around about 9.7 points per game and 3.7 assists throughout his career. And even in his last season at Portland, he averaged just under seven points per game and his career high, 46% from the field. Uh, he's, appeared, he's appeared in all 16 postseason games in his last season in Portland, where they were swept by the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And he did average 15 minutes in each of those games. So it still shows he was an important part in that Portland team. And his last season in Atlanta, that was obviously the um, COVID curtailed season. So you can't really take too much note of that. So that's why I'm going to say Evan Turner. And time. Ooh. Very crisp. I see, I see the angle. <laughs> I, 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 admit, I admitted um, quite a few questionable stats from that, but um, we won't talk about that. Average <laughs> <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> there's, there's, there's 60 seconds. I can, I can take all the facts that I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ed, are you ready? Russell Questel. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So I'm going to go for someone who chose not to be in the league and who's actually playing their trade right now in Barcelona. And that is the boy, Nikola Miritic. He's on a $26 million contract there in Barcelona. And he actually just picked up domestic player of the year, all ACB player, Spanish league MVP and Spanish cup winner. So pretty good. And last time he was in the league was in 2018-19, where he averaged 15 points, six and a half, seven and a half rebounds. He was shooting 54% from the field and 37% and from three, which is great. And that's exactly what you want from a stretch four nowadays. He, he didn't want to be third or fourth option. He thought, you know what, I'm just going to be the best player in the Euro League. Let me go off to Barcelona, best player in Spain. Let me go off to Barcelona and just kill it out there. He could still be in the league and be very productive to a lot of teams contending. My pick is obviously Nikola Meritich, and he's still only 30 years old. 
I don't need to say any more than that. I'm done. Time. Ooh. George, you're just because you're a voice now, you're even more dramatic. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a voice. <laughs> Hello. It's me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I started it off with and in the green corner. <laughs> green. I don't know why I chose green. Anyway. It's your color. <laughs> so yeah um two good arguments i did like the uh evan turner appearance shout shout out to his stint in portland there i, I saw the angle there i clocked that um so yeah i really appreciate that. I, I liked i did enjoy his time on there contradicting to this what some people did say i did like some of his performance is with Portland, but yeah, it kind of went down. Uh, and then Ed with uh, his decision, I did like the stats and the recent states, and he's also got the awards with that. Um, <laughs> so I think we all know which direction it's going. I think for this one, it's going to go to Ed. Did your heart drop, Wildy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Matt, Matt, you don't know what you've done, though. Like, we drafted Evan Turner second overall, and I he's just flopped ever since. So I, it was like a troll. <laughs> hey, Nicola Miritich be really good on the uh, on the Bucks. Oh wait, no, because they got boys boys. Yeah, maybe not. Mm. Yeah. That's one of the reasons oh, I should have mentioned that. I should have mentioned that. Oh, that linked very nicely to Nate Robinson as well because he got knocked out. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right. Shoot your shot winners. We have Wildy and Ed. So well done to you both. Um, we are moving on to a new segment, which I have been trying to play for probably a month now. But because of like what's been going on, we haven't had a chance to. Uh, I'm going to leave this in the hands, the capable hands of Kalslaski to explain the game and what the game is. Oh, so... As some eagle-eyed viewers know, we do like to do 24-second shot clock, but some people crumble under that pressure of the time. So <laughs> why, why do you not look at in particular? I tried to remove... Oh, actually, I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to explain the game. I'm going to explain it to you one by one because just like 24-second shot clock, it will be individual. Mm. So because Alex is recording, he will be the one to come out of the blocks first. So Alex, I'll explain the rules to you. Um, actually, eagle-eyed viewers will know what it is because it came up in an episode of Fans Corner. Or was that? Did that not make the final cut? It did um, not make the final cut, but we did uh, okay. do it a test for you. Which Fans Corner was it? No uh, questions. I mean, Enough questions. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> we got the perfect opportunity for a pause. We got to go. <laughs> um, yeah, because it didn't make the edit. But anyway, um, so what I'm going to ask is just like we did with uh, 24 second shot clock, if everyone could mute and do all their things for the, what's the word? For the integrity. They need to be in the waiting the room. And the segment. They've got to be in the waiting room. <laughs> Wait yeah. for the call. So step up to the line. The way step up to the line works is that I'll give you a category and then I'll give you a one second time because I don't want to take the piss and give you the whole day. So I'll give you a category and you have to name things within that category. The way this works is that if you give me an incorrect answer, you lose all your points. You can choose when you want to stay or stick. 
or whether you like to stick or um, carry on going. If you if you get if you get an answer wrong, then you'll go back down to zero. So it's more about getting the correct answer rather than getting a multiple amount of answers in a certain time period. Now, as we are as as we are international, I like to look at the international aspects of stuff. And the category is top twenty five scorers for players born outside of the United States, and this is career total. So it's not per game; it's career points in the NBA for players born outside of the US. Now I've got the top 25 and because there is no time limit, you can just go ahead and start saying whatever players you want whenever you're ready. Okay, um, I'm gonna start with Dirk Nowitzki. Correct, he's number one. Is it, sorry, it was, it was top 25 scorers as in points accumulated. That's correct. And born outside of the US. That's the key component. Oh my god, this is difficult, man. Oh, I, and I will put a one. I'll put a one-minute time limit just to not take the piss. So I'll start now. Uh, and this includes Canada, yes. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It should do. Surely you should yes, see. Should do, okay, um, I'm going to yep. say for the next person, I'm going to say Hakeem Olajuwon. Yes, he's actually second. That was a good start. I am going to say Pau Gasol. He is fifth. Continuing, yeah, fifth. nice. Continuing. On that trend, I'm going to go with Mark Gasol. Yeah, he's about 20th. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. because Tony Parker. Yeah. yeah, Tony Parker. Sorry, he is there. Yeah, he's born in Belgium, not France. But yeah, still. Okay. Um, so I'm currently on a score of five. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna keep it there. Oh, I'm gonna keep so it. There. You got five. You got five out of the top twenty-five. We'll keep that there. There's probably gonna couple that are gonna come to you in the next. Once everyone starts saying names. Mm. Uh, yeah. The reason the reason I said born outside the US is that there are a couple American players, traditional American players, that were born outside of the US for various reasons. Um. So George, I'm hoping you didn't hear what was happening, and the others aren't hearing. I'm, I see Bray looking at our screen a little. Ah, he's fine. Anyway, okay, he's not looking. <laughs> cool. The question is, uh, top career point scorers, top 25 career point scorers in the NBA, born outside of the US. Oh. So, uh, no. You can say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to have you, I'm not, I'm not going to have you take the piss and take over a minute. So I'll give you 30 seconds in between answers. To, so it's, it's enough time for you to think of something. So, Whenever you're ready, you can say your first name. Okay. Ah. Oh. Because I don't want to just say one and go. Ah. Oh. Okay. This is bad. <laughs> I'm more scared than anything. Um. No, you're fine. It's just a bit of fun. Okay. Top. NBA scorers, born outside. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with the recents and risk it. Yeah. I'm gonna start off 
with Greek Freak. Onto Kumpo. Is he up there? I'm looking at Sporkle quiz because I couldn't find the stats anywhere else. Yeah. And they didn't have Giannis on it, but they did it before the start of the season. And if I look at his career points now, he would be in the top 25. So that is correct. Okay. Sweet. Um, I'm gonna guess and go for and go for Hakeem. That's a massive stab. I'm not sure where he was born. Yeah. Hakeem's Hakeem's second, born in Nigeria. Sweet. Lovely. Would Dang be up there? Yes. Dang is in the top, roughly top 15. He's born in South Sudan. Yes. Um, Alex is upset because he didn't think of that one. Wow. <laughs> I did not expect that. Yao Ming. Oh, good one. That's a bit of a rogue one. I don't think he is. The, I don't think he had that longevity. Yao Ming career points. Unfortunately, Yao Ming does not make the cut. He only had 9,000 points Oof. when 11,000 is roughly the bar. Oh. So, unfortunately, George, you go back down to zero. It was a tough battle. Yao Ming killed you. Oh, man. Defeated by Ming. Um, <laughs> Wildy, this is your time to shine. This is made for you, Mr. Wildy. Oh, don't say that. Are you ready? Christ. I'm going to give you a category, and then I just want you to name players from the category. So, the category is top 25 career point scorers in the NBA that are born outside of the US. Okay, Don't Google. No, I'm oh, typing I'm questions out. <laughs> He's Googling me up. <laughs> I'm not Googling. All right, I'll, I'll write, I'll write. No, no, it's fine, hey. no, it's fine, it's fine. Hands where I can right. see him. Hands where I can see him. Okay, <laughs> Google. If I, if I wanted to cheat, I would have just listened to everything prior to my go. <laughs> like... The funniest thing is how loud your keyboard was. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, top 20, top 25 career point scorers born outside of the US. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh... Oh, right. so you can start you'll, whenever you'll see you like. How bad I'm going to do on this, and then you're definitely not in cheat. <laughs> okay, Wikipedia. Yeah. Hey, hands where I can see it. Well, I don't trust Wikipedia. That's the worst one. <laughs> For you know, I wrote one of those pages. All right, I'm born outside the US. Yeah. I miss so many. I'm annoyed with myself. We legit might have to cut my section. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose all credibility. Oh, gosh. Um, so, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Right. We're two other guys. Are... <laughs> Maybe I don't understand the damn question. <laughs> I don't understand. Andrew Andrew Wiggins has scored more than you think. This is Andrew Bennett 2.0. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you, yo, you just had your Adonibusum moment. Yeah, man. Oh my god. Right. To be fair, he's got a lot more than I thought he did. <laughs> so no, I know, like... I know. Andrew Wiggins has a lot more points than you might think. 
bro. So he's got a roughly he's got roughly ten thousand, but the guy in twenty fifth <sighs> has got eleven thousand. That could be on family fortunes outtakes. <laughs> Steve oh, Harvey. That's great. Oh man, that's gold. Hakeem is too. We're international. I was hoping you'd. Know, you could have said. You could have said Luol Dang. You could have said Ben Gordon. Both of them are in the top twenty-five. Spurs players, surely. Yeah. Um. I, I, actually, yeah. Uh. Patrick Ewing, born in Jamaica, obviously. Paul Gasol, <laughs> Tony Parker. Yeah, man. I. I guess I knew all that, but lists lists are not in. Uh... <laughs> I just, oh, I can't do it. I can't think this way. It doesn't work. My brain just doesn't click. Well, I'll just give you time. You can take your time. There's no pressure. And then you say, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, Mr. Bray. So where we've had, uh, shoot, uh, not shoot your shot, where we've had 24 second shot clock, it's been under a time limit. This time is taking the time element out of it. And it's more the quality answer rather than quantity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a category. Uh, you can say as many, na- oh, you can say names. And if you get one right, it's obviously your point. If you get one wrong, your points go down to zero and it's game over. So I'm looking for the quality answers rather than the quantity. Uh, top top 25 career point scorers for players born outside of the US. So anyone born outside of the US, top 25 career total points. You with me? Yep. You can start whenever you like. Um, start with this one. Dirk. Yep, number one. <laughs> you, you can hear the reactions of people who didn't say those players. <laughs> um, okay. I'm trying to think about the old ones before I start going to the to the to the current ones. Because there's surely there's some current ones in there as well. Um I don't think I can count how many current there are whilst you're looking. Um do I lose points if they're if they if I if I if they're American? No, it's just born outside of the US. Because there are a couple of those. There are a couple of those that fit into that category. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm thinking of wild cards now. I need to fucking go. Um, Oh, and you got this. Okay, Luol Deng, surely. Yeah, he's r- roughly in the top 20. Cool. All right, good. That's a good, this is a good bar. Um, who else? Oh, Tony Parker. Yeah. Mm, uh, Ginobili? Yeah. This is going to be rogue. Was Tim Duncan born outside the US? So it's a weird one. Virgin Islands, it's like a US territory. So I oh. won't count it as yes or no. So yeah, you can carry on. We'll skip that one. All right, fine. It's neutral. Okay, I thought it was something weird going on there. Yeah. Um, let's go. Oh, wait, no. He, he was born inside the US. He just happened to play in Canada for most of his career. I was going to say DeMar for some reason. So dumb. What a proper um, Cali boy. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. Um, okay. Oh, Steve Nash. Yes, actually, born in South Africa. Really? That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, I got five. Um, what are we thinking? Um, 
see this is like the I've got I've really got to try and think of some like old school Europeans. Oh, Kukoc, Tony Kukoc. Interesting. I don't think he's there. Let me check his career points total. No. Oh, 9,800. About 100 more than Wildy's guy, but anyway. Um, no, Tony Kukoc. Who's not in there? No, we go back down to zero. Oh, what? I go all the way back to zero? <laughs> I, thought you said yeah. I thought it was like minus one plus one. No, back to zero. I said oh, back to zero. Oh, fuck off. No way. <laughs> oh, how am I just... That's bullshit. He's raging. I've lost this now. I bet I was about to win. For fuck's sake. Get him sake. out of there. He's raging. You, you I thought first. it was you like you just first. lose a point, and if you get back down to zero, then you're out. Oh, fuck. oh no. no. <laughs> He's gone. Um, committee, what does the committee think? Should we allow Bray this one off? These walls. I'm very unhappy. Should we, should we allow Bray? Do we allow Bray this one off? That. I'm not in favour. I'm, I'm saying nay, my brother. Well, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I agree. I shouldn't be allowed it off, but yeah. I just want to say I'm not. We have to go back it. and allow everyone to do it. All right, so um, let's have the quality wow. answers. God damn. <laughs> good thing for Wadi is Wadi got the same amount of points as Bray, so that's good. <laughs> Dude, I think he's zoned this out. He's done. Right, let's, get, let's get let's get Lancashire out there. He's done, man. Right. No, no, the king. Yes. Why am I done? You're done. That's it. Why am I done? Back to zero. No, it's game over. Game over. Back to zero. It's game over. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Why do the rules keep changing? What's happening? Bray's not. I just thought <laughs> Bray's being salty. Bray's upset. Yeah. Bray's up upset. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we did it every week. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh gosh. But you, you've got a top the, the last two. Anyway. So, back, back to composure. <laughs> Jordan, shut up. I'll mute myself. I'll mute my mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Everyone's getting delirious. Is that time of the night? Matt, you're the last one. Um, so, like with, um, I forgot the name, 24 second shot clock. It's more of a time limit. This is more quality answers. I'm looking for quality rather than quantity. I'll give you a category. Um, you can name as many as you want if you get a point right. That's obviously, well, if you get one right, that's a point. If you get something wrong, you go back to zero and you're out. So it's all about the quality answers. Wait, so if I, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. So if I go back to, if I get one wrong, I go straight back to zero. Yep, and you're out. Oh, no, if you, no, if you get one wrong, you get zero and it's game over. Yeah, let's emphasize that. <laughs> oh, right. So, so basically, so there's no time limit, and I just went once they have named nine, I go right. Yeah. I'm settling yeah, on nine, kind of thing. Yeah, well, right. you don't take the piss between answers, like anything more than thirty seconds. I'm like, all right, cool. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously. This is this is what the explanation should have been, by the way. Um. Let's start with. Tony Q coach. Is this deja vu? Is this right. Matt Javu? That's the one Matt said and got really upset about. Um, Tony Q coach isn't in it. Is he not? Wow. Yeah. That's it. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to know the positive? Four of you came second. Well done to Wildy, Matt, Matt, and Jordan. How many did Alex get? He got five. Oh, no. Yeah, six. Five? Six. six. I could have tied that if I'd known the rules. You're a gambling man, Bray. <laughs> You're a gambling man. I just had to stay put. So Alex said Dirk, Hakeem, the Casol brothers, and Tony Parker, and he stuck oh. there. I'll give you the top 25 because obviously we're here. Uh, you've got Dirk, Hakeem, Dominique Wilkins, who was born in France. Interesting, I didn't know that. Uh, fourth, Patrick Ewing, Jamaica. Um, Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, Rolando Blackman, born in Panama. Did not know that either. Uh, Steve Nash, Kiki Vanderway from Germany, Detlef Shrimp from Germany, Manu Ginobili, the boy. Carlos Booz, born in Germany. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, Peja Stojakovic, Croatia. Vladi Divac, Serbia. Uh, Luol Dang, South Sudan. Uh, Rick Smiths, Netherlands. Michael Thompson, obviously Clay Thompson's dad, born in Bahamas. Mark Gasol, Al Horford, Dominic, Dom Dominican Republic. And this is the one I was hoping someone would say, Kyrie Irving, born in Australia. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Didn't know that. Um, Dikembe Motombo from Congo, Goran Dragic from Slovenia, Ben Gordon, UK's finest, sure. um, Hiru Turklu, Magic Boy, and then Giannis Kripton this year from Greece, obviously. Oh, born in Greece. I think he was born in Greece, or was he born in Nigeria? Nigeria, okay. How far out? How yeah. far out is Kukoc? Kukoc had about 10,000 points. Uh, 11,000 was the threshold. Oh. This is this is this is the first player he said. This is the first player he said. Say it. The only player. <laughs> Am I, I saying it again? Yeah, you, yeah. you say it. Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! In terms of the numbers, he has the same amount of points as Kukoc does, and he has ways to go. I like so, 300 points off, but yeah, because yeah. I'm looking at like Dirk Hakeem and he, he says Andrew Wiggins. I'm like, what? What's, what's but to be fair, he had is... more points than I thought. But in second place, oh, we've got a lot of silver medals today. We've got two mats, Jordan and Wildy, all on, on zero. And then taking the gold medal is Mr. Ward. Well done, Mr. Well done Alex. So, That's right, baby. That's right, baby. This, this, was a bit, this feels a bit like Taskmaster, where like, where someone tries to, you know, like not not read the rules correctly, and like, oh, so I'm not allowed to touch it, but I am allowed to touch it. They, they like touch the wheelbarrow or something, completely fuck up the whole task. It was <laughs> the Bray rage. I love it. I love it. <laughs>
I'm still sorry. <laughs> and he's gonna ask him tonight. What's wrong? I don't know. <laughs> he's going on the side. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking head, like fucking dickhead. But I had time as well. I reckon I could have got to like ten. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Great, love it. Worth the wait for me. That was that was amazing. That was step up to the line. We obviously had shoot your shot. Uh, massive thanks to all of my GMs for for creating some memorable moments that we will be talking about for a long time to come. Uh, so Can the- I just say, because some people come up with some games as well. Like I, I don't like the slander from from Brady. Yeah? If you don't like this, come up with something better in it, dickhead. Right? Ed, you are hundred percent right. So let me, yeah, let me just tell you, okay, Andrew Wiggins will be on that list <laughs> once all is said and done. All right, you fuckers laugh now. He'll be there. <laughs> yeah, far off. To be fair, Rubio is quite far off. He's only seven thousand. That's really. Yeah. So you heard it here from from Wildy first. Andrew Wiggins will be on that list, and we will be back same time next week to discuss two divisions, shoot a shot, and maybe we have another step up to your line, or maybe Bray creates a new game. Game. Who knows? Or anything can happen on this pod. Yeah, thank you to all the GMs and from myself, the sixth man, and everybody else. It is over and out. Peace. Peace. Love you, Bray.